have an army. We have a Hulk. to episode 125 of We Have a Hook podcast where we talk all things TV, film and sometimes comic books. I'm your host Nicola. And I'm your co-pilot Chris. And Happy New Year everybody. Happy New Year everyone. Yes, so Happy 2020 everyone. Hope your first week back to work hasn't been too soul destroying and awful. Awful. Heinous. <laughs> but uh, New Year and it looks like it's going to be a huge year for films and TV. Indeed. So what are we talking about in this week's episode then, Chris? We've got Home of the Hogs, where we'll be talking about what we've been watching since the last episode. Mm-hmm. We've got our 1917 review. Ooh. We've got our interview with Cameron Johnson, who plays Luke Fox in Batwoman. Yep. We've got our Hulk topics, your top war films. Interesting. A very dramatic episode then. D- drama aplenty. Indeed. So let's get things off with At Home with the Hogs. What have we been watching then the past couple of weeks? Right, we uh, finished Lost in Space season two. We did, so Love we did it. that like over Great Christmas show. and New Year, didn't we? Yeah, I like I like how it's just constant. There's there's always something that has to be fixed. <laughs> yeah. There's always something goes wrong, and it's like oh, we got we got to rush to find the answer to science it. You know, we got to science everything. and We got to find the answers. Mm. I like it. I love the Doctor as well. Yeah. She's so good. She's the most interesting of them. I yeah. think. She's she's a very complex character. Yeah. And you're never really sure where Who's you side her. <laughs> yeah. Which is kinda of interesting. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, very big cliffhanger it ended on. So hopefully there'll be a season three, Netflix. Really hope so. Yeah. We started Castle Rock season two. <gasps> this is so good. Yeah. yeah. I think if you if you the episode was like, What's going on? Yeah. I'm still a little bit like that. I still kind of don't understand what's happening because I feel like they've mixed a couple of stories in there. Yeah. Like it's um so it's like a Stephen King type thing, isn't it? Where they mix in some of his stories. Like all the lore from, from the different books. And yeah. Things. Into this town. I guess it's Town Castle Rock. Yeah. And um, it's like set in Maine or something. It's got that really kind of... It's got a cool vibe where it's a bit sort of... <laughs> it feels like creepy. a bit of a creepy, creepy town. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that Maine is necessarily... Anyway. Um, so the last episode we watched... The um, they, were, they kind of went into the backstory of like the main lady and yep. her daughter, and it was a really, really good episode. Yeah, it feels like there's always this kind of episode in there, and it always seems like the best episode of the well, series. Maybe. Maybe. It's very bizarre, but no, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Yes, looking forward to more misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan. We watched. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Yeah, we got one left. I really like this guy. He's funny, He's so funny. and <laughs> I like I like the I like to travel shows. So yeah. that's cool. It's like him travelling to different places and trying to figure out if they're like good places to to, to be a tourist <laughs> well, in. To be honest, well. he, he normally goes to sort of the more controversial places, sure, doesn't he? Sure. So he's been to um Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Zim, as as the lady called it. Um yeah, that's really interesting because like they had a major problem with like a dictator and stuff, mm. I think, and um and they've got like this crippling kind of um hyperinflation stuff going on yeah so she was saying like you would go to the to the shelf and you'd pick something up and it'd be one price and by the time you get to the counter it'd be a different, <laughs> different price. price yeah and then the price of things would double every single day mm. which is shocking yeah really interesting and he goes to like the sahara desert and went to antarctica yeah really interesting show i just love how he seems so grumpy about everything as well yeah. and like no one had, seems to understand like his humor yeah, yeah. <laughs> like is he supposed to be funny because didn't he go to um oh what place did he go to and he was on like the chat show and they were like uh can you be funnier yeah, yeah. You you're supposed to be a comedian what's going yeah. on <laughs> 
don't understand that British kind of <laughs> yeah. dry. Dry, humor. yeah. Yeah. Is, um, uh... But yeah, talking about travel shows, we've also been watching uh, James May, Our Man in Japan. Yeah. And uh, so this has been a, kind of a similar documentary style travel show, hasn't sure. it? Sure. Whereas he, he does seem a little bit, you know, like, oh, do I have to be here sort of thing? But <laughs> Japan is just so interesting, isn't it? Because he's been exploring sort of the old traditional parts of Japan as well as the... Um, modern yeah, uh, robots and you can, tell, and... <laughs> you can tell which part he prefers <laughs> like, yeah. it's very clear he's much more of a traditionalist he likes all the kind of seeing the geishas and stuff and yeah. about the kind of calligraphy and all that kind and of thing samurais and then he and... goes to this guy making like a big robot, robot. thing like a Gundam whatever, and he's just <laughs> he looked a like, like he had fun doing that yeah he's just a bit like what, what am yeah. I doing here and then he has that little robot thing on there <laughs> yeah. it's really good it's really good it's really good yeah uh, but Mr. Ventures and Romash Raganathan that's on BBC iPlayer if sure. you want to watch that uh, James May in Japan is on Amazon Prime Video if you want to watch that one mm. uh, and then Lost in Space was Netflix and Castle Rock I believe is Hulu yes we've also been catching up on Lock and Key reading wise yep um, we've been going through, because we've got all the hardbacks, we just ordered the last one. Yeah. So we're just going through and making sure we finished all that up, because we have screeners for Lock and Key. Yeah. I'm very excited. We've watched so, two episodes so far. We can't, yes. obviously we're under embargo until like February, so we Indeed. can't talk about we it. We will not talk about no. that. No. But we have seen the trailer. Yes. So we can talk about that. We can. What do you think about the trailer? Um, I didn't feel like it was as like horror-y slash yeah. sort of creepy as the books. Yeah, I got the vibe that they're going for more of a kind of family-friendly. Yeah, because like the books adventure. are very gory and they cover some quite deep, quite quite dark. Yeah. Topics. I feel like they've gone a little bit more family-friendly, but I'm okay with that because I'm I'm not a huge horror fan anyway. <laughs> True. So I'm more interested in the kind of fantasy aspects of it, which are really cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited. Yeah. So, just saying that I'm excited. Nothing else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we've also had screeners for Sabrina, season three. And uh, we've watched two episodes so far, as well as Lock and Key. Uh, again, embargoed until uh, January the 20th, right. 21st or something. Yeah. Uh, it comes out on the 24th on my birthday. Uh, but again, excited about this one. Yes. That's all we can say. I mean, say. we loved the first two seasons, <laughs> yes. didn't we? So yeah. It's safe to say we're on board. <laughs> yeah. You also wanted to talk about some trailers. I did. So correct? we'll quickly watch them before we talk about them, maybe. But the two oh. big ones that have come out for the films this week have been uh, Birds of Prey and also New Mutants. Uh, so Birds of Prey, trailer two came out. We just watched it. What were your thoughts? It looks incredible. Uh, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't excited, particularly. It looks great. It looks really funny. I love the music in it. I yeah. think the, the trailer in itself is a production. So I don't know what I mean by that, but it is. <laughs> Okay. It's good. Yeah, what yeah. do you think? I think it looks really good. I Harley Quinn's not my favourite character, shall we say, but I actually think she looks hilarious in this. I love how she was like, the split was completely amicable. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, back Everything to... Everything blows up. Yeah. <laughs> and then goes to... And then she's like, I'm back to being the Harley that everyone loves or whatever. And then she's like, there on the sofa crying and yeah, like... Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, and I just think it looks great. I'm just, I'm, Huntress looks fantastic. Um, I also think uh, we saw the Canary Cry. That looks pretty interesting. Um, we also see Ewan McGregor in the Black Mask, finally, which I've been teasing. Uh, and I just think it looks like a whole lot of fun, really. Yeah, and it looks quite different to stuff we've seen before, which is something that I really like that they're doing now, is giving everything its own treatment. And yeah. Making like everything... Like the, the Joker had 
a very specific treatment that worked for the Joker and everything. Mm. You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've all got their own sort of vibe, haven't they? Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just think it looks like fun, colourful. Um, I think she snorted cocaine at one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all the characters look great. I like the look of the Birds of Prey as well. They look fun. Yep. And uh, yeah, they really look excited for it. And how she um, named one of the hyenas after Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was quite funny. Yes. Right, let's quickly watch New Mutants. So what do you think of the New Mutants trailer? Yeah, quite quite pleasantly surprised, but actually, um, doesn't seem to suffer from the CW effect, which is always a positive for me. Okay. Um, quite quite strong horror vibe. Looks pretty decent visually. Yeah, I might like this one as well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad we finally got an actual date for this because you know they've pushed it back like twice now. Mm. Yeah, that's always a little bit worrying, mm. isn't it, when you have kind of delays and stuff in production. So. Hopefully that's not a bad sign. Mm, true. But I mean, the whole Disney 20th Century Fox thing, that's all been sorted now. So it should. So it's coming April the 3rd, 2020. So not too far away. So that could be mm. good. Uh, but didn't Nate share an article with us that apparently this will be kind of part of the MCU, maybe? Yeah, I think that was a typo. I, I yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want that, really. I mean... It looks very fairly self-contained anyway, judging yeah. by the trailer, so I don't think it's anything to be worried about. I don't think mm. you're going to start getting Iron Man showing up or anything like that, <laughs> no. so I think it's okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, was that everything? Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to our 1917 review. Yes. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. Seventeen was released in UK cinemas on Friday the 10th of January. Directed by Sam Mendes, the synopsis is... Two young British soldiers, during the First World War, are given an impossible mission. Deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop 1,600 men and one of the soldiers' brothers from walking straight into a deadly trap. Mm-hmm. So Chris, what are your initial thoughts going in and out of the film? Uh, war movie. Right. So, okay. Just war movie drugs, really. You know, shrugs. It's a war movie, shrugs. Yeah. yeah that was my initial ex- it, that, my initial thought going in. Right, so they're, they, they're not your sort of usual sort of films, are they? Not really. I mean, you know, I thought it might be all right and stuff, but I didn't really have any initial impressions. I didn't really know anything about it or anything. Okay. So um, <laughs> coming out, I thought it was a great story and also a great quality movie, you know? Yeah. So good stuff. That, that That's it? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Go for it. What did you think? <laughs> uh, so going in, um, I was lucky enough to see an early screening of this. Thank you, Entertainment One. And I going in, uh, same as you, I always a bit hesitant around war films because I always find them so just affecting. Mm. Um, so I, when I went into this, I didn't really know too much about it. But then coming out, I, it just blew me away. I was so emotional and it was just fantastic. I mean, even after watching it for a second time, I think possibly got more emotional the second time wow. around. I don't know why. It was just crazy. Um, but I just thought it was a, an amazing feat of just cinematic achievement, really. Technical-wise, the acting was fantastic. Anyway, we'll go into that. But yeah, I was just blown away by it completely. Cool. What did you think of the performances? Um, 
So it wasn't more about the performances, really, was it? It was more about the actual... Characters. The story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so George McKay, uh, Lance Corporal Schofield, and then we had Dean Charles Chapman as Lance Corporal Blake. Right. So the main story revolved around these two, didn't it? And then you had... These two going on the mission. Yes, which was just insane anyway. Um, But it was... I thought it was more about the actual... The actual adventure. One of the the adventures. It was more about the journey and the technical... Journey's a good word. Um, yeah. yeah. the technical, yeah, yeah, sure. But anyway, I, I thought George, they were both just fantastic. I, I really rooted for them straight away and it was just insane how just all these kids were just kids, literally, yeah, yeah. weren't they? It was just, just blew my mind. Um, and then you had a kind of a couple of little cameos, didn't you, which was mm. just by like British and Scottish and Irish actors, which was great. You had Colin Firth, um, you had Benedict Cumberbatch was in there, Mark... That is... No. Uh, Mark... <laughs> the first time he wasn't in a British <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Mark Strong. Oh, Mark Strong. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Scott from, you know, Andrew Scott from Fleabag. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was nice to see these guys just kind of come in every so often. It wasn't really, it was just the fact that it wasn't really more about the star power. It was about these two sort of... Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I did, for the first 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, who is this guy? I'm looking, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, you did no, actually I had, ask I had me, didn't to you? ask you, and then you Tommen like, from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Tommen. Yeah. No, you're right. It's like there's these two quite young-faced guys mm. and you just kind of like oh they're just kids they're just like and they're normal guys they just seem like they don't seem like kind of army mm. soldier guys they're just these normal guys that have been recruited or whatever and they have to go to war it's quite yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but i think standout obviously george mckay i think he was fantastic he pretty much carried the whole entire film which is insane yeah. Okay, so story. What do you think about the story, Chris? Right, so it's interesting because it's based on a story told to Sam Mendes by his grandfather. Right. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather was... He told him a story of when he was tasked to carry messages through no man's land in the dusk of winter 1916. Yep. And um, apparently it was because he was a small man and they used to send him with the messages because he was only five and a half feet tall. <laughs> right. And the mist, there was mist on the kind of battlefield... And like in no man's land, and it would hang to about six feet. Wow. So he wasn't visible above the mist. So they were able to <laughs> kind of send him between, I guess, between the trenches, relaying yeah. messages and um, without the enemy being able to see him. Mm. Which is kind of an interesting idea. And uh, obviously he, he that resonated with him so much that he ended up making a movie about it. So yeah. very interesting story. Mm. And obviously it was real battles. It was based on, you know, the truth about what happened between, uh, you know, the Germans luring them into this whole trap. And sure. it was yeah. based on real... Battles and real events, but this was kind of crafted around that. It wasn't necessarily true. Exactly. But you can imagine that this was just one event. Like, this would have happened all the time. People would have been... There would have been a couple of guys sent off here and there every day, like, to do different various things. So this isn't just a... This isn't a very specific, amazing story that happened. Mm. This would have happened quite often, which is kind of... Scary, scary. Yeah. yeah, like how battles were won or lost on just a couple of people and mm. the amount of pressure that these guys, as we said, young guys, had to face to take these messages across these insane yeah. it's kind of It just reminds you how much things have changed because like now you can just send a message. It's not difficult. <laughs> like yeah. You've got satellites and things. It doesn't take a second <laughs> to send a message to someone in another trench or whatever. Mm. So I guess you, you could still send personal messengers if something was really that... You know? Yeah. 
Dangerous, <laughs> well, the but... thing was, uh, there was this big whole exposition dump right at the start, wasn't there, from Colin Firth? Sure. Like a mission debrief sort of general, thing. General. It was the general, wasn't it? Yeah. And the fact that the Germans, their parting gift was to cut all their telephone lines was actually very clever, wasn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just thought it wasn't a huge amount of story to go by, but it was all about the travels that they faced and it was just insane the amount of different things that kept happening to them yeah. it was like what is going on just... yeah because it's it's filmed as if it's in real time it's like one shot isn't it yeah so for all these things to just happen one after the other it's quite <laughs> shocking but then he was traveling through no man's land which you can imagine would be fairly terrifying terrifying and yeah. intensely packed with mm. so it was basically <laughs> like these two sort of underdogs and how they managed to yeah get this message across, you know, with all these bombs going off and, and booby traps and, oh, just crazy, crazy things happening. Yeah, if they manage to. And then, so let's quickly go on about, well, not quickly, the main heart of the film. So we had the visual effects, the cinematography, the score. What did you yeah. think about this then, Chris? So um, I guess it kind of, yeah. So you got that one long shot is the kind of the main thing that you kind of see straight away, isn't it? It's like you're right there with the main two characters and the camera follows them the whole way through the movie. Yeah. And it kind of really grounds you with the characters. It's it so kind of, immersive, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, it's so immersive. It just reinforces that idea that events are happening pretty much in real time. Yeah. And I just think it's really clever. You can see, like, some ideal places where there were cuts and Yeah, because they went to, like, rocks and they kind of lingered so sure across it. it around then, rocks to yeah. back to them or it went into a dark tunnel and went completely pitch black and mm. then light comes back up. Um, but, I mean, you couldn't say for sure that they were cuts. It was so clever like that that yeah. you didn't really notice. So that's kind of, like, the main thing you see. And then... Again, with that, they had this kind of quite naturalistic colour grading, I thought. It, mm. They didn't go too crazy with any colour grading. I think there was some, but um, it was just to kind of enhance that feeling that you're in a real... Because they could have done it like a lot of war films and made it look like it was old, put some like film grain on it and stuff. And yeah. make, and, and, but I like that they actually made you feel like you could be there right now. Like you, It felt like it was going back in time with modern technology and actually seeing it how it would have been. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that just, I mean, so it all just comes together to kind of reinforce this idea that you're there and, and it's really <laughs> yeah, immersive. Very authentic yeah, and just authentic. real. Yes, feels yeah. real, yes. And also the sound, of the, the gunshots, like... Oh, gosh, yeah. The, the gunshots, the planes going over your head, um, the the explosions, they were just so deafening, weren't they? And yeah. you genuinely felt like you were... Like, the only thing that I felt like this was, um, like, replicated was, you know, Blade Runner 2049. Okay. The sound design on that was just, like, crippling, wasn't it? Whereas in this, yeah. it was very similar and it, it kind of... Yeah. It just made you... I mean, very specifically, the gunshots were quite a surprise to me because, like, the ricochets and everything, they had so much weight to them. Yeah. Because I never really felt that too much before in other films. Like, it's just a normal thing now, ricochets and stuff. Like, people mm. are firing guns. It's normal. But I don't know. I guess maybe because they had rifles or maybe they just really accentuated these sounds. But it really made you feel like, oh, this, <laughs> this is, is dangerous. Like, yeah. You get hit one of, one of those, you're, you're going to die kind of thing. Yeah. So, yes. Powerful stuff. Mm. 
Um, I think the interesting thing for me as well was, uh, you know, in the camera movements, they didn't just do it as the camera looking at them. They did it from the other side as well. So does that make sense? So from behind and in front. So right. from the front, they were sort of, it was obviously like on a, a dolly or something, wasn't it? Right, the camera um, would move freely around them. Around them, yeah, which so. kind of made you feel a little bit disorientated and that you couldn't see what was coming, which I found very interesting. And I just felt like on the edge of my seat the whole entire time. I'm watching it I was like well, what's going to happen around yeah, the corner right. what's what's happening here and there are moments where the, it's relatively quiet and you're just thinking anything can happen anything right can happen exactly yeah. and just this almost dreads yeah. <laughs> it was, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just impressive how they managed to do that um, and I just thought so the cinematography from Roger Deakins was fantastic he's yes. like a, a master anyway there was one scene which really just got me and it was um, it was like the picture at night and there were bombs going off ahead oh, and then it for some reason it was just lighting up the sky do, do you know yes. which film I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, really and it was just like so horrific but so vi- vividly lit and it was just yeah. it was so confusing but so well done and yeah I don't really know how to explain my feelings, but it was, yeah. I know what you mean, but I couldn't explain it to you. So I thought that was really good. Um, and they also made all the um, all the casualties. They just look so real as well, like the prosthetics and the makeup. I thought that was really, really well done as well. It's interesting. I did think they toned that back a little bit, personally. Okay. Like when you're walking around and there's lots of injured soldiers, and also just generally in the battlefield, I don't know if they would have been that composed, because everyone seemed fairly composed most of the time. I don't know if that's just that <laughs> yeah. British stiff upper lip thing. Maybe. That maybe they had in the First World War, I don't know, but I would have expected a lot more sort of swearing and mm. anger. I didn't find that there was much anger in this film. It was mostly just like, we have a job to do and we've got to get to a place. And, you know, there was emotion, there was sadness and stuff, but I didn't. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think because mostly you were in the battle, weren't you? I mean, you can't. You've got to do it. You've just got to do it, haven't you? You you can't be angry about it, like, oh, sort of thing. You just, you're there in that moment, sort of thing. Um, Thomas Newman did the score. I thought he was really, really good. And it was just really haunting and, well, yeah, just. Scotty. Cool. So shall we quickly do a rating and then talk about spoilers? I don't think we really need to talk about spoilers. Do you? Okay. I, mean, I, I just, I think this, like you said, this movie is an experience. Yeah. And I don't think there's really any need. I don't think the spoilers are necessarily the most important thing about the movie. Okay. I think the, the best thing is just to go watch it and experience yeah. it yourself. So I think, skip that bit. Sure. Okay. Just talk about rating, kind of final thoughts, rating. So... I thought it was an amazing feat of engineering, super cleverly made, really well considered. I didn't quite have, I mean, you're saying this has a very strong emotional impact on you. Mm. I didn't quite find that personally. Really? Yeah. There were definitely moments. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is necessarily. Maybe it's just because like World War One is such a faraway event now that I don't really resonate with it so much, but then it tried to really put you in the moment, didn't it? I'm mm. not sure. There was definitely a couple of moments where I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't feel like I was getting that frog in my throat or anything at any moment. So that that's interesting. That's that's just a thing. I don't know if that's relevant. But overall, I think it's just a really great movie and something that everyone should really just go and experience for themselves in theatres if mm. they're able to. Yeah. So how would you rate it then? I'd give it two thumbs up. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. For a Good war movie. film as well. That's yeah. A, hmm, um in my review i uh i gave it a full five stars so two big thumbs up from me absolutely loved this film i just thought it was the most um 
I, I yeah, I don't really I don't know really how to explain my feelings. Um so I said that Mendes has created a profoundly moving and utterly immersive piece of filmmaking. Um, and it was one of this year's cinematic highlights, but I saw this last year, so. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, always hard when it's like the first, it came out on the 10th, so this is like the start of the year. So how can you say that it's obviously, you know, the best film of the year? Um, yeah. But for me, it's, it's definitely up there. I just, I don't know how, well, looking at behind the scenes, it's just amazing how they put this film together. Hmm. Just really ambitious. Yeah, and it really just, just really immerses you in there and um, try and see it on a, big as a screen as possible really i think is yeah. uh yeah i mean it's definitely like they, they filmed it as much physical effects as they could yeah lots of actual actors lots of actual explosions lots of actual cars with <laughs> with um actual decent sort of crane rigs on them and yeah. stuff like that they didn't really do too much cgi or special effects uh, or visual effects there was a couple of moments where i noticed like i feel like when there's a moment when one of them jumps off a bridge I feel like there was some CGI oh, okay. there. Yeah. But, I mean, it looked good. Just um, those poor guys as well, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, uh, definitely highly recommend this film and go and check it out at the cinema if you can. Indeed. So this week we're joined by special guest... Cameron Johnson, who plays Luke Fox in the CW's Batwoman. He also stars in The Sun is Also a Star, Safe Spaces, and The OA. So if you're a Batwoman fan, do check this out. He talks a lot about the behind the scenes of making the crossover and also working with the legend that is Kevin Conroy. Enjoy! Right, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Cameron Johnson, aka Luke Fox from CW's Batwoman. How are you doing today? You must be just completely crazed with all the whole Arrowverse crossover. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on, but I, I'm good. I'm a little tired. I just uh, landed in, in, in LA from Vancouver. Nice. <laughs> uh, so just to kick things <laughs> off, um, first question, what is it like being part of the Arrowverse? Because it must have kind of blown your mind a little bit, right? Because it's huge. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's a dream come true. I mean, the the fact that I not only get to be in uh, the Batman universe, but the greater DC universe of it all is really crazy. I mean, it, it's so cool to be in like the superhero TV show universe right now. Definitely. Um, and out of all the shows, I'm so glad to be in Batwoman because I'm a huge Batman fan. So it's very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so who would you say your favorite Batman is then? My favorite Batman? Mm. Uh, that's a hard I, I, I like Christian Bale a lot. I, I, like, I like what he did with it. Um, that might have to be my favorite. But it's hard to say. I mean, like, they're all so different. Like, they, every yeah. Batman is so... I, it's, it's hard for me to compare any Joker or any Batman because I feel like... Every actor is so different, but also each story is so different. Um, but I, I hate to put one up against the other. But if I'm going to like pick one Batman overall, I'd have to pick Kevin Conroy because he's been <laughs> exposed to me the most. And I know it's mainly his voice, but that's my Batman forever. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so what's it like being in the Batcave with all of those amazing gadgets? You've got like a whole wall of them. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I mean, the, the coolest thing is that every episode we add one more gadget because, you know, we yeah. keep using a new gadget uh, pretty much in every episode. So in the, in the next episode when there's a new gadget, the one from the last episode is on the wall. <laughs> so yeah. it's, all, it's very cool. We were just shooting um, episode 13 the other day, and I was just, like, looking. I, I, had, to, I had to go reference another one, one of my bat weapons, and I just noticed that 
it's so different than how than when we first started. Because I was like, wow, look at all this cool stuff that we've used, and now it's here. It's like part. <laughs> it's part of our arsenal now, which is so sweet. Yeah, I mean, are you ever tempted to kind of just take one off the wall? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Well, whenever the, the season wraps, I'm definitely taking a couple of batarangs home. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> got to. Right? Definitely have it. Yeah. Uh, so just briefly talking about the crossover, what was it like starring opposite the legend that is Kevin Conroy? Oh man, it was so cool. <laughs> So cool. Whenever I, think, I I was told that he was playing Batman, I lost it because I think by the time that I uh, went, went to shoot with Kevin, I had just beat um, Batman Arkham Knight, the the video game, like nice. maybe two weeks before, not even two weeks before. So I had just lived with his voice on my TV <laughs> for like a month right before meeting him. So the one I met him and I heard his voice, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> it was <laughs> insane. He's such, a, he's such a nice dude. And what's crazy about like people like Kevin Conway, who's you know one of the most famous voice actors in the game, he was just so happy to be there to to act on camera because he doesn't do it very often. So it's it's crazy to think that I want to do more voiceover and he wants to do more on camera work um, because we're we're both so used to doing our respective fields. Um, so it was cool to sort of you know not meet in the middle but um, work together on something. Oh, he was so, so cool. He even did my, my voicemail. I asked him if he could do my voicemail as Batman, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your performance made quite the stir, too. Uh, was it fun to play an alternate <laughs> world, Luke? <laughs> yes, it was so fun. I, I was so excited. I mean, I, you know, I love our Luke Fox. I love the way that he's written, and I love the way that I've been able to portray him, but it was so much fun to be able to have a different version of him and sort of, like, stretch my acting limbs a little bit and have a little bit of a twist on Luke. Um, it was so cool, and I, I love how the fans reacted to it. I love, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the exact opposite of the Luke that we know, because Luke is, you know, uptight and nerdy and, you know, high-strung, and this Luke and the crossover was so laid back, and I guess you would call him sexy if you want, <laughs> and rude, and, you know, it was really cool. It was cool to be like, yeah, I've often, I'm not used to playing hot characters, like I'm not used to the the uh the sex appeal guy and I, <laughs> I i like the fact that i was able to give that a shot and um really show people what i can do definitely and i loved batwoman's like reaction as soon as she opened the door and saw you with your shirt <laughs> open she's like whoa yeah. <laughs> it was so funny what's yeah. funny is that i think she actually changed the line uh, i think the line originally was like uh luke you have abs and i think she changed it to like wow that's an express that's, that's an impressive look back <laughs> i talked to the ruby on set and she was like <laughs> She was like, because I did work really hard. I was boxing a lot, and I, I was making sure that my diet was was good. Because um, I can I can book up pretty pretty quickly as long as I um, focus on what I'm eating and and how often I'm working out. And Ruby actually changed the line to like <laughs> to to compliment the abs even more because she was like, what she 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 said she was proud of me for for doing it, which is nice. It was cool. I didn't think I was gonna have an eight pack on camera, and hey, it was there. <laughs> that was nice. Nice. And uh, so we've got two episodes left. Do you have any predictions mm-hmm. at all for the last two? Oh, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, I it, there's so much going on in the in the five episodes that it's it's so hard to to keep up. And there, there's so much going on. Like I, I couldn't have guessed anything that happened in episode two. I actually yeah. haven't even had a chance to watch part three yet. So like, <gasps> I'm not even as caught up as you are um, because I I was on set of Batwoman the past couple of days, so I wasn't able to to watch it live like everyone else. Um, so I can't even make predictions because I'm behind. 
Um, <laughs> but from what I'm seeing, now that in episode two I saw Oliver uh, get get reborn in the, the, the Lazarus pit, I'm assuming that they're going to calm him down and explain to him what's going on and somehow use him to help. Um, let's see what else happened. We've got the Superman, the Batman, we've got Supergirl. Uh, I want, I'm wondering if, if any of the Legends people are going to come in more. I know like we were with uh, Canary, but we haven't. She made that joke about like how she promised her team that they wouldn't have to do another crossover. But I wonder if we're going to get. I mean, I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot more of the of the legends. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, yeah, I, I have a lot of predictions, but we'd be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely. <laughs> Just quickly going back to Batwoman. I mean, it's getting more and more intense mm-hmm. each episode, particularly with Alice, who is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, do you ever see like a redemption arc for her character, or do you think she's kind of too far gone? I think so. I mean, the thing about Alice is that, you know, although she is insane and evil, she, she clearly has a big heart that yeah. she just doesn't know how to tap into. I mean, you see it in almost every episode. Like, she's doing this thing, trying to hurt Kate, but at the same time, she's trying to help Kate. And, like, you know, she is Kate's enemy, but she also wants Kate to work with her. And <laughs> she, like, hates her, but she's also, like, you know, her biggest fan. So it's weird. Like, I think she's got to be redeemed at some point only because we've shown her backstory. We've shown that, like, she she's evil, but it's not really her fault. Like, she doesn't really know any better. And she's a little bit too far gone. But I think there's a chance to pull her out of that. I think she needs some, some time and some love. See, as long as Kate is willing to give her the, the tender love and care that she really needs. Um, <laughs> but it's tough, you know, after, after the death of Catherine, <laughs> it's kind of hard to yes. trust her. But I really think after a lot of time, if we figure out what's going on in her, in her head and who she's afraid of, um, I think she'll, she'll have to sort of uh, make a decision and maybe, maybe even join the team one day, which would be really cool. And if you could have any superpowers from all of the CW shows, which one would you pick? Ooh, probably Black Lightning because I would be, if I had Black Lightning's powers, then I would be Static Shock. I would be Virgil <laughs> Hawkins in yeah. the flesh. And that would be amazing. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's obvious it's a dream of mine to play Static Shock, either the voice of him or um, him live action. So it, even though he's not in the Arrowverse right now, or yeah, if he ever will be. Yeah, if I had Black Lightning's power, then I would be him, which would be all my dreams come true. <laughs> nice. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it like on set then? As I said previously, you know, the, the show's quite intense, but you bring quite a nice fun aspect to it as well because you're worrying all the time. Mm-hmm. What is it like when, when you're kind <laughs> of off, uh, off camera sort of thing? Well, what's funny is that Batwoman is one of the most fun sets I've been on. And I, I know a lot of that is because, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's so much fun because so there's a game called the Circle Game. I don't know if you know this game. It's, it's a game that's a worldwide. And all you do is you make a circle with your hand below the waist, and if you make someone look at it, they lose. It's kind of like <laughs> right. a major book kind of game. So I introduced that to our set about two weeks ago, and it's gotten so intense. <laughs> uh, like, we'll, me, and, me and Ruby were in a, se- a scene together. And we were looking at a computer screen, and the hand popped up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the back cave yesterday, and I, I had put a picture of me doing it popped up on the back cave screen. Uh, I got a script. Take, I took a script home to learn lines two nights ago. And when I was flipping through the script, there was a, a photocopied picture of a hand. <laughs> and man, it's so fun. I mean, there's like 
a ton of pranks. One of the people in makeup pranks Ruby, and Ruby pranks her back, and there's so much fun and like games, and there, there's so much light, like there's there's so much light behind the camera, and, and like I think we kind of have to have that because, like you said, the show can be really dark and sad, um, and it's it's good for us to have like a sort of lightheartedness to our approach to the show because you never want to shoot a show that's too dark and too grounded um and then let that sort of dark cloud uh hover above the crew and the cast because that's how people go home upset and not happy Mm. so yeah i I love working work i mean our our crew is amazing i I can't believe we get to work with such an such a fantastic crew and of course the cast is so fun and so talented too so yeah it's amazing Definitely. And I mean, you have a lot of like kind of Easter eggs and mentions of villains and things. Who would you love mm-hmm. to see in future Batwoman uh, series pop up as a villain? Oh, come on. I want to see Scarecrow. <laughs> I want to see Penguin. I want to see Joker. <laughs> uh, I want to see Two Face. Uh, I mean, I want to see Hush come back. I want to see Ooh. Hush actually become Hush. Yeah. Because um, that would be cool. Because we, we got to see Tommy Elliott, but we obviously didn't get to see Hush. And that would be so sweet. Because that's one of the coolest of them. Um, man, who else? Uh, I would love to see... Um, no, he's not a villain. I mean, Red Hood's kind of a villain, but that would have to go into the whole Robin thing, which mm. I, don't, I don't even believe we could do that. Um, but yeah, pretty, I mean, all of like the, the main Batman villains, I would freak out over. I mean, we've already mentioned Mayor Cobblepot in one episode. Yeah. We mentioned Joker a couple of times. We mentioned Scarecrow once. So like, we're they're definitely in the universe. I'm not sure what we're allowed, or which characters we're allowed to use uh, in show. But hopefully one day, one of those you know top dogs can make an appearance. That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, so last one just to round things off uh do you have any upcoming projects in the pipeline other than batwoman i do um so i have i have an animated short film called grab my hand that no. just won its second award at the st louis film festival, well, louis International film festival. and that, thank you so much i appreciate it and that'll be uh making its rounds to a bunch of other festivals next year i've actually already heard back from some pretty big ones that i can't talk about yet i'm very excited about that and I have my live-action short film that I also wrote and directed and started in that as well. And that is in post-production, so that'll be doing festivals next year as well. I have a comic book that I'm writing that'll be out sometime <laughs> next year. Um, that, that I'm really excited about. I can't even talk much about it because it's not officially announced or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah that's going to be a lot of fun. That's, that's been a work in progress for a long time. So I'm glad that I have an amazing team involved and we're actually diving into it. Um, and yeah, I'm actually writing, I'm finishing writing a feature right now, this independent film about my life early on. And I'm writing, uh, I'm actually just finished outlining another feature. So I sort of have a lot of things um, <laughs> on the plate. And also, I, I would love to start recording more music and have more music out in the next few months. Wow. Just a little bit busy, you know. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like to say busy. I mean, you know, it it keeps me sane. I, I know working on a TV show is a lot of work, but when I'm not working on the TV show, what could I? What else could I be doing to push forward my career? I mean, I even I'm even going to be executive producing a, a a short film of my of a friend of mine um, who he acted in my live action film Blue Bison, so I'm going to be executive producing his film pretty soon. And it's just nice. Like it's nice to have all these other moving things going on and. I'm also pitching an animated show and, wow. you know, I'm, I'm doing all these other things and taking meetings with the producers to, just to see what other life I could have um, 
in between seasons and in my off time. So we'll see. Fantastic. Wow. So where can fans find you on social media just to keep up to date with all these, you know, new projects you're working on? Oh, yeah. Just find me. It's at Cam Rush J on everything, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, at C-A-M-R-U-S, the letter J. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at Cam Rush J on, on Instagram and Twitter. That's great. Um, and then I also have my, my production company's name is Moon Jelly Pictures, and um, you can find those on Instagram and Twitter as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So we'll see you guys on Twitter. In our next episode, we'll be reviewing 1917 movie. So for our Hawk topics, we'd like to know your top four films. Mm-hmm. So let's kick things off with you, Chris, so you can't copy people. What are um, your top war films? Yeah, it's not a huge genre for me. I think the ones that sort of popped to mind straight away were like Inglorious Bastards and Fury. I guess they're more recent ones that okay. I've seen. Yeah, both Brad Pitt ones. Oh, are interesting. You saying <laughs> <Yeah>. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yes. No, I really, I don't know on this one, to be honest. Not, okay. not 100% sure. What about you? I was blown away by Dunkirk. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen you that one You need to see yet, that so one. Christopher Nolan. So, so good. Mm. Um, obviously, 1917 was great. Mm. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, just because it's so, like, completely yeah. zany and bonkers. Off the wall, yeah. Off the wall. Love that one. I thought that was great. Uh, and obviously, the classic Saving Private Ryan. But that opening, that oh, it's just... It's a bit too much. Yeah. Like that, that kind of thing is a bit too much for me, I think. I was also thinking, like... Um, does uh, Forrest Gump kind of count? That's well, sort of I suppose. Movie, so. I suppose. Yeah. But again, that's pretty harrowing. I'm not mm, sort of really into those sort of things. But that did pop up in my <laughs> yeah. mind brains. In your mind brains. When you, when you told me about it. Okay. okay? <laughs> right. So let's ask the uh, the actual people. The the real people. <laughs> yes. The important opinions. Yeah. So first up, we got X-Geeks at X-Geeks. He said, Enemy at the Gates, Saving Private Ryan, Platoon, Flags of our flowers, flags of our fathers. Letters from Iowa Jim and Waltz with Bashir. Bashir, sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, and that was from Ben. Um, okay, yeah, I haven't heard of most of those, honestly. No. I feel like, like we need educating in the. I'm in, uneducated in, in this topic, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. So great list there, Ben. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Next up, we got I am Jack's musings. I am Jack's musings. Who said Full Metal Jackets, Inglorious Bastards, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Thin Red Line. Okay. Yeah, those are all ones that I recognise, so I'm not sure I've seen them all. I've seen <laughs> was, them uh, was that some Kubrick? Uh. <laughs> so yeah, great looking list there. Thank you very much, Jax. Uh, I also commented saying, love how bonkers Tarantino went with Inglorious Bastards. Yes. <laughs> Next up, we've got Nurse Chatting at Nurse Chatting, who said, probably Full Metal Jacket and Saving Private Ryan. I think they're going to come up quite a lot, aren't they? They're just yes. like the classics, really, yeah. aren't they, those two? Uh, and he said, however, my favourite war movie isn't a movie. It's a limited miniseries called Band of Brothers. It made me cry with every re- rewatch. Okay, interesting. I actually went on IMDb, and this was ranked, I think, third on the best TV series, like, oh. of all time. So, mm. I'm not sure I want to cry every episode or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, I know what you mean. It's like, do I want to watch it? Yeah. I mean, it, sounds, it sounds like it's good. Yeah. But do I want to cry all the time? I think oh. I have to be in the right frame yeah. of mind. To, yeah. but to, be, to be fair, we've just watched um, Jojo Rabbit, Yeah. haven't we? So it's been kind of Jojo Rabbit, 1917... That was a difficult one. Like, it's one of those ones where it's like really funny, but then also really 
So yeah, thank you very much, Pen. And you. next up, we got Robert at that Robster. He saw he said uh, Hacksaw Ridge and American Sniper are two of my favourites. Uh, and they're a bit more. I think they're in the last couple of years that this has happened. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge was Andrew Garfield okay. from Spider Man. That one looked really good because he was a pacifist. Uh, Do you remember yes, this one? I, remember I feel like I'd really like this one, so I should yeah, probably maybe. watch that. Uh, American Sniper was Bradley Cooper, wasn't it? I think that was in the Iraq War. So that's a bit more sort of grounded and a bit more sort of modern. modern Sure. Yeah, and that one was uh, apparently really, really good. So (laughs) (laughs) I just avoid these. This is the bad topic. You were the one who suggested this. Yeah, well, it seemed seemed relevant. And now I think about it, I know nothing about (laughs) this topic. Me, I know nothing. (laughs) Uh, nothing. So, yeah, to that, definitely we need to check out. Thanks, Rob. Yes. Next up, we've got Claire Payne, Gothamite Claire, who said, Saving Private Ryan, Hacksaw Ridge, another Hacksaw Ridge, Dunkirk, yeah. Uh, Warhorse, Cinema and Theatre. Oh, I do remember seeing Warhorse. I remember being very traumatised by that. I, could, I don't think I can make it. Like, seeing humans die is one thing. Seeing yeah. animals die, I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't handle <laughs> it. I don't know what it is. different. Uh, American Sniper, um, Hurt Locker. Oh, that was one I was supposed to say. Did you, have you watched Hurt Locker? I thought that was really good, actually. Sounds... Is that the one with the bomb... Diffusers. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Was that, who was that? Was that Catherine Bigger who did that? Anyway, well, it was Jeremy Renner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was, was really good. good. That was good. I remember, was it one of the closing shots when he... he oh, spoilers. He came back. Um, and then he was just no, shot... Big, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was just shopping, and then he was just, like, looking at how many different brands of cereal there were and he was mm-hmm. like what the fuck is this sort of thing oh i see like, you mean yeah because like there's so many so many um thing, come back from war and they're like they can't handle yeah. that you know, just every day and normal everything is it's like do you have no idea what's going on out there exactly and yeah. you're just like looking at all of these different cereals <laughs> can't choose yeah. Cereal. yeah that that now i'm thinking about it that probably goes to the top of my list okay yeah, yeah. that was like completely gripping yeah yeah good stuff yeah uh, we were soldiers and the thin red line so an amazing list there i think you've covered probably most of them actually there (laughs) well yeah clearly far more knowledgeable than us i also asked her she's seen warhorse at the theater and she said twice uh incredibly emotional on screen and stage also spielberg filmed a lot of it on dartmoor which is 20 minutes away from where i live nice facts uh, next we got Marcus at the Marker Guy. He said Overlord, which actually looked crazy. It was about Nazi uh, zombies and stuff. Do you remember? I don't know if you saw a trailer for this. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Where Eagles Dare and Saving Private Ryan. It kind of reminds me, Overlord reminds me, just because of the title, of that Eye in the Sky one. Eye in the Sky, Eye in the Sky. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really a war film as much as sort of a drone it was about drones. Oh, that was amazing. Was it called Iron Sky? I think so. Yeah, it was the film, wasn't it? When it was about drone pilots. Yeah. And how they kind of felt a bit detached from... Yeah, it's the whole, how do you do it? You're watching something on the screen. Do you have that same connection with what you're doing? Mm. Kind of interesting stuff. That goes to the top of my list as well. No one's mentioned it, so I'm having that (laughs) one. True. Uh, Thanks, Marcus. Uh, Thank you, Marcus. Next, we got Kevin Brackett at Kevin R. B at Kevin R. Brackett, who said, Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now, and Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards getting a lot of love, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah. Good Tarantino film, actually. Next up, we got Neil Vag, and Neil Vag, who said, Got to be 1917 for me. Never have I been so emotionally impacted by a film, dot, 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 twice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 
Amazing qualities, though. It's got to be up there, right? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. uh, I was the same, Neil. Don't worry. It wasn't just you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we got Comics in Motion podcast at Comics in Motion P, who said Saving Private Ryan was a game changer with that opening scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone just got like <laughs> shot was in it the head. Like a right? sniper thing? And, yeah, a I sniper think so. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And they were like dragging them all to it. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So sad. But yeah, amazing shout. Next up we've got Max Byrne at Maxi Byrne who said The Dirty Dozen. I've not mm. actually heard of this one before. No. Mm. no. Good shout to actually. <laughs> Out of all these lists to say one that no one else said. Gold star. <laughs> uh, next up we've got Neil Byrne at Neil Byrne who said Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, Hamburger Hill. Oh, that's another one. Another gold star there. Uh, Saving Private Ryan and Apocalypse Now. So we're setting up a precedent where if you say something we haven't heard of, you get a gold star. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, also not movies, but love these TV shows. Band of Brothers, Pacific, and Tour of Duty. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely by looking at it there, Inglorious Bastards came out. I would probably say first, maybe. Also, Saving Private Ryan. That came up quite a lot. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket came up Full quite, Metal Jacket, quite a few times. Yeah. I'm surprised no one said... Um, the drone one. I thought that was quite interesting. I was going, I guess it's not really it's not really a war film so much as I don't know. Would you I don't know. I just I think because wars evolve so much now, hasn't it? Yeah. You don't really class... It's mostly drone fighting now, isn't it? Yeah. There's not as many I can't see there being another war fought with soldiers necessarily at this point. Mm. I think there will be some soldiers, but I don't think it'll be like The Somme style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trenches, and mm. I think it'll be mostly drone, uh, aerial kind of airstrikes and stuff. Yeah. I guess it I kind mean, of I is found already. It, I found Jack Ryan. Was it Jack Ryan or Jack Reacher? I can never remember. <laughs> yeah. You know which one I mean, the TV yeah. show. I yeah. found that very interesting, the first season, because there was this whole thing about the drone pilot, wasn't there? And then he actually yeah. travelled to Iraq, was it? Um, mm. Or Iran to see the family. I never really, I don't feel like that probably paid off, did it? No, I don't I think it did, but that was really interesting. Definitely. I thought, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for sending in your topics. Thank you so much. Always do love you sending them in. So just go check out our Twitter on at We Have a Whole Pod and we'll be doing these every other week. Yes. Make sure you look out for them. We enjoy reading your answers. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Really hoped you enjoyed our first podcast of the year. Is it? Oh, oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know that it is. Oh dear, we're getting really bad at this, aren't we? I think we, we, did, we recorded before. No, I'm pretty sure it came the... out on New Year's Eve, didn't it? Okay. <laughs> there you go, doubting me. <laughs> rude. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, to tell us we're wrong, and it, and it did come out on it, how did they get in touch with this thing, Chris? That was a nice segue there, wasn't it? Sure, sure. So you can get in touch with us mostly, well, mostly on Twitter, really. That's where we hang out, or... At least Nicola does. <laughs> yeah. uh, at We Have a Hulk Pod. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at We Have a Hulk Pod. And Nicola does a lovely website where she writes all sorts of fabulous writings. And that is We Have a Hulk.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to email us, all you need to do is send us an email at We Have a Pod at gmail.com. Indeed. Fantastic. So, what are you going to be talking about in the next episode? We've got a couple of things coming out. Right. Well, we've got the. We'll. we'll oh, we will have watched Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina by then. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about that. Yep. There is also 
Um, bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Which boy. I feel like I'm probably going to love, so that's <laughs> yeah. an option. And then there's the David Copperfield. Yeah, so the one. personal history of David Copperfield. I was lucky enough to see this at London Film Festival, and it's so good. So excited okay. to see this again. So there's some options there. We'll see what we um, want to talk about. We fancy. Yeah. And we've also got an exciting premiere this week, haven't we? Indeed. Picard. Yeah. Picard. <laughs> Picard. So that'll be really exciting. So we might be able to talk about it. Then. When is Picard? Picard's coming out on my birthday too. Oh, what a good day. <laughs> oh, what wow. a fun day. Fun day. Fun day for all. So, also, maybe talking about Picard too. Yes. 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 We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So once again, thank you so much for joining and tuning in. And hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.